welcome to another great episode of the Sing Second Podcast. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Sing Second, on Instagram at Sing Second Pod, and on Facebook if you search Sing Second Podcast. Uh, national championships over. We're in the post Natty Lulls. Danny, what's good? I got a couple things, Andy. First thing that I like to say is the last two episodes of this podcast that we've recorded, uh, we were all away from our jobs for a little break. And I actually kind of found it difficult, not that we have big meetings to, to uh, plan these podcasts, um, but I thought it was kind of hard planning it with us not being around each other. So I'm kind of excited to be back at our jobs. So that easy, can, easy, no, easy there. For this reason... So that we can bump into each other and kind of have informal conversations about what we want to talk about on this podcast. So it's been good to see you guys again after a little bit of a break, and I'm looking forward to uh, to what's to come. Second thing, had a dentist appointment the other day, and I'd just like everybody to know that I'm now on year 40 of no cavities. Nice Zero. Work. This no, guy. No. Yeah. This so guy. 40. Wow. Jeez. We, we might want to skip the rest of this segment because I don't think any of you are going to beat that with with what's good in your lives. Give it a shot, though, Brandon. All that's right. good. I'll give you the old college try. So what's good for me? I went to the movie 1917. It was a pretty awesome movie. Ooh, pretty good time. Stuff. Yeah, and it was awesome because it was all recorded like as if it was one take. It was a pretty good piece of storytelling. I'd, I'd go and watch it again. Awesome. Was our was friend of the pod Josh Brook sitting next to you constantly telling you where the historical <laughs> faults were and what was wrong and what was factually correct? And he stuff? did not do that. And even more amazing, guess how many times he had to get up to go to the restroom? Oh, geez, I would hope none because he's an adult. It was zero <laughs> for him, but that's pretty good. He was like, I have to sit on that side because I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. And I was like, yeah, Big gulps, huh? And yeah. Then he didn't have to. The large slushy gets him every time. Awesome. What's it rated? Do you remember? Mm. My basically my question is: Do you think it'd be suitable for like a high school history classroom viewing? That just with some, World War One. Yeah, just with some disclaimers of the F word, as oh. you could talk ahead of time. Like, well, this is the way you know people talked yeah. in in the trenches and all okay. that. I think but, that means no. Then yeah, probably. <laughs> they, but they may like have like a TV version later. Okay. Yeah. Or, yeah, you know, like the kind just you record it when it comes on out on TBS, and then you're good to go. Get your VHS out. I'm just gonna hope friend of the pod Jay Brook looks into that, and then yeah. just kind of slips me a copy too. Yeah, oh, sometimes yeah. if we're watching something on good. in class, and like something will come up, and like where I know a bad word's coming in, and then when it's going, I'll go ah! You know, and then everybody looks over and be like, "What are you doing?" And it's my little. You have to be on your game, though, when you're doing that. You have to be ready. Yeah. All right, Kyle. Uh, what's good with me? Uh, we're, we're having a little bit of a, an experiment tonight. Uh, my wife and I, for the first time, have had uh, dueling plans. And so uh, within earshot and within eyeshot, I have my eight-month-old son. Our first yeah. guest. First In guest co-host, guest. Leo. Leo James is the first guest co-host. Peering through the window. Hi, <laughs> yep. buddy. Yep. As, as, as long as, as we don't have any major freakouts, we'll be good. And if we do, I guess it'll just add to the excitement of the night. All you part know, of the experience. You don't hear Kyle's voice for a while. Yeah. I'm <laughs> you know busy. Why. What about you, Andy? You know, now that football's done at least on the college level it's kind of it's just kind of a weird feeling because then it's like 
Do I really get invested in college basketball at this point? No. Um, do I focus on the NFL, which has been a great little couple weeks? But I'm just kind of in that weird in-between feelings. I don't know how I feel. I don't know if that's good. That's not what's good. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say. This is, Nuggets this is deep are good. Start tuning into them. Get the Altitude channel. No, not on Hulu TV. Plug. Oh, shoot. Sorry. That's an ad. That's we just p- made $15 <laughs> right there. Want to talk about anything? I guess tonight we're going to focus kind of on the national championship first, and then we'll get to that other game second before we move on. But first off, Saturday's national championship we had the North Dakota State Bison, Bison, not Bison, Bison, who were undefeated, and they took on James Madison, who came in with one loss to West Virginia. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. Brandon, <laughs> thoughts on the game? Well, it was pretty cool to start off to see him playing in the frozen tundra of a blizzard in Texas. They had snow at the start of it. 50 degree snow. I, I right thought there. that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was snowing at the beginning. And I was like, this is intriguing a little bit. Anyway, so um, the Bison won 28 to 20. They, it got interesting down at the end uh, with it, but Trey Lance, 166 yards passing on six completions, 10 attempts. So not his typical day at the office, but he had, or no, 72 yards passing, I'm sorry, on. 6 to 10. And then 166 yards rushing on 30 carries. Their next leading rusher had seven carries. He was quarterback. They behind the golden leg of the quarterback. So that's going to be it, the golden leg. You know, normally it's the like golden arm, but oh. he, he rushed for 30 mm. times. Legs. He, he, he just was, has the one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought he was kicking field goals or something. One's like golden that. and the other's platinum. <laughs> And then uh, the other thing was... But he had some sparks uh, flying out his rear <laughs> end there. It was pretty intense. And then uh, the other thing was watching, I was like, oh, Sproles. I wonder if he's related to Darren Sproles. And sure, as heck, that's his cousin. Sproles. And uh, he wears number 11 because of Carson Wentz and because of the relationship, obviously, with Wentz and Darren. Eagle hmm. plug-in right there. So I thought that was cool. But it was an exciting game. Um, both teams played... Played hard, you know, yeah. it was a good competitive game. Came down to the end, and yeah, the the Bison, somebody, uh, all at hate, at hate my coach on Twitter, he said, best program in college football. You know, if you're measuring, you know, amount of championships. Eight out of nine. Hard to argue. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, they could have got that ninth. But well, in the you know, year they didn't get the ninth, they made it to the, the semis. Yeah, so. pretty solid, but it was fun to watch. That guy, by the way, is it hate my coach? I hate my coach. Yeah. He's stepping up. Like, he's maybe taking over for JTA as, like, the, uh, the favorite follower. <laughs> yeah, the premier. He, he might have moved up into number one. Yeah. Hall of Fame. Danny, anything to add about the old national championship? Only thing I've got is I want to issue an apology to all you listeners out there. Um, this will be now the first soccer reference of the podcast. I thought Drink. you were going to say the yeah. first... Uh, I don't know. I was, I was wrong. It's not. It wasn't the stadium of uh, the Houston Dynamo, which does have a notoriously bad surface. It was uh, <laughs> FC Dallas. Still, I was notoriously. The surface, so I didn't tune. It in. was snowy, right? Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah, right? but they always talk about how it's not the best turf mm-hmm. either. So. Yeah. No, I was. Uh, I was out of town watching some youth basketball. We about uh, about got the win on a buzzer beater three pointer, but went home with the loss. Um, 
at Dairy Queen anyway, just to celebrate life in general. That's good. But the only thing, the only note I have of that game is that uh, Kyle and I were trying to get a Twitter group message conversation going on about just other things to, to just try to distract you two, but I don't think it worked. I don't we even remember that. We arguing about Orgeron versus Davo. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing yeah, that. Okay. We had a, a slow response from yeah. Brandon and Andy. So yeah, we had, we had I was a, in tune with the game. Yeah, we had a side hustle and a side conversation, making sure that uh, because you guys were asking or talking about the first few drives, and Danny and I made it to po- a point of like, hey, let's make sure we don't talk about this game as long as possible. Just, Gosh, to, just trying to sabotage your own podcast. Yeah. I, I would have watched if I was at home. But I'm sure you would have. We got a little kick out of it anyway. Well, I'm glad I mean, someone got Do you have thoughts on the game? Yeah, so I thought it was Thank you. impressive that JMU first drive took the ball 80 yards, scored a touchdown right away, and they made it look easy. They ran it, they passed it, a little RPO action in the middle. So for a cold, wet day, um, they right away scored within two or three minutes. And then the Bison did the same thing right back down the field. Oh, so sounds the, like Clemson. Opening touchdown. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Nobody knows. Um, but then, I mean, James Masson kind of struggled after that. Uh, North Dakota really started to show their dominance and uh, took a, a two-score lead into halftime. Um, and then the second half, it just seemed like North Dakota State was cashing it in. They're just going to coast and kill the time. And James Masson ended up scoring a couple of touchdowns that second half and made it close. Yeah. Now, Ben DiNucci... Played a heck of a game, but threw a pick. The quarterback for James Madison. What's his name? Ben Danucci. He's Italian. <laughs> um, the C-H sound was two C's. Oh. Italian. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a neat trick. Um, yeah. So uh, Ben Danucci ends up throwing a pass with no time left that gets picked off on the goal line to seal the, the loss for James Madison. It's the only turnover of the game. Right? Yes, but fun fact, that's two straight seasons he's ended his season on an interception by North Dakota State Bison. Jeez. <laughs> Not <laughs> what you want. But, anywho, I mean, I thought it was a great game. I thought North Dakota State should have won by way more than eight. I need to keep they... reminding myself Trey Lance is a freshman. You know, he's got, and I was like, holy cow, this guy's going to be good. Say, is there any, any chance that he leaves early just for the fact of D1 regular school? Maybe a grad transfer. Oh. He did redshirt, so he's got okay. that option. That would be interesting. It would. Something to ponder, points mm-hmm. to ponder. All right, moving on. Whoa, whoa. Was, he, oh, sorry. He, I, I just not assumed. asking me for my opinion. I hasn't said a whole lot about this game. Yeah, Kyle, do you have anything to add? I actually don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I'll say is I, I do think that uh, Brandon and I had the bison, so kudos to me and him on that. Yeah, guys. So, uh, anything you want to say to all uh, at JMU fans? Yeah, let's. <laughs> I think the score speaks for itself. Uh, again, I didn't really have a lot of a uh, lot of background on it. Just went with the uh, went with the school that I had actually heard of that I knew it had turned out some good NFL talent, and it's it's hard to argue with uh, North Dakota State in terms of what they've built. Uh, but again, uh, it does to me. I guess uh, the one comment I would have is uh, you kind of know that 
you are kind of that second tier, that JV level. Whoa, when, whoa, whoa, JV level? When your national championship is at 11 a.m. on a Saturday. You want to know what people are not setting their clocks to? An 11 a.m. kickoff. So uh, the game was actually over before I even knew it had started. So I guess go True go football Bison. fan right there, Kyle Milton. Opening up with Oregon next year, too. Yeah. That's intriguing to me. I don't know. I texted you that the other day. That's unreal. All right, moving on to the other game, the other, yeah, the last bowl game that was out there. That's gonna be the first upset alert of the new season. New new quarterback they'll be breaking in. Oh yeah. Where are they gonna steal him this year? They got one on the team. Are they gonna go grad transfer? Yeah, a couple people, a couple young guns. We can probably talk about that in the next six months or so. Yeah. Anywho, all right, now... Now, let's name a QB. Yeah, for your Oregon (laughs) Duck preview for the year. Do you know a name? No, I don't. TBD, TBD. No. All right. It's Monday, 7.15 a.m. p.m. Kickoff for a four-hour game with a commercial every two or three Mm. plays. Danny, thoughts on the LSU... Victory over the Clemson Tigers. I, well, I've got a lot of thoughts. Do you want to know them all at once, or how do you want to? How do you want to? Give do me this? a couple. Give me a couple. Okay, so it's pretty obvious I was going for Clemson, and what I'll say after that game is it's kind of hard to be mad about your team losing when the other team was pretty clearly more equipped to win. I mean, I would say that LSU ultimately was just more equipped to win that game. A um, couple other things. So Brandon asked two questions in the last pod who had better athletes and, and who had better coaches. So I kind of want to maybe just take a quick look at that. If you think I'm wrong or want to argue, just go ahead and, uh, and jump in. But as far as the athletes, I would say maybe it appeared that LSU had the edge. I still don't think it was pretty close. What I would say is, is LSU simply played better and it looked like probably Clemson was worn down by the second half. Um, Trevor Lawrence was obviously uncomfortable a lot of the game. Missed a lot of throws. His timing was just a little bit off, maybe. And, and somebody was one of you. Was the stat thirteen overthrows? Yeah. So at one point, and it ended up being more. But at one point, because I was, I was kind of thinking as I was watching, I was like, man, he's overthrowing a lot. And then as soon as I thought that, it popped up the screen. And at the time, I think he was thirteen for thirty-two, I believe, or something close to that, with thirteen overthrows. He had more overthrows. The game that way. Five yeah. six six that yeah. can jump like and I don't one know. Of them about got a dude killed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That Jeez. one right in the middle of the field. Oh. So I mean, tough time to have a bad game, but I don't think it was just a bad game. I no, think I, was, I think LSU forced them into it. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing this is leading up to your punchline of saying you're, you're willing to um, surrender the fact that LSU might have been a better team, but. Here, here's I'm, I'm teeing you up. What team do you think had the better coaches? Well, uh, <laughs> because I would love to hear your answer. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that probably LSU outcoached them. And I've, I've asked a few people this question because I thought it was interesting. But it seemed like, especially in the second half, just Clemson didn't have answers on defense. Uh, one of the things that I said that I was worried about after the Ohio State game was that Ohio State's receivers seemed to be open all the time. And that that was the same with LSU. And especially, there were plays where it seemed like Burrow was just back there forever. 
and I didn't watch the all 11, you know, view or whatever, but I just imagined receivers just running around until they were open, and then he hit them. Well, I think that was the toughest part is when Clemson brought pressure, LSU didn't have an answer. Like, Burrow got hit time and time again when they brought five, when they brought six. But then there's just key moments where there's three. And then Joe kind of did his thing where he was going to stand in the pocket tall, up a little pressure, roll out. And you just can't defend, you know, guys running routes and then making up routes as they scramble. And Well, and honestly, I don't – like, Clemson did get to him early with some, some nice blitzes, but I think by the time the second half rolled out, I, I can't imagine that those same blitz packages were working the same way because yeah. it did feel like every route had a, a quick slant built into it to where if he felt pressure, he was throwing it to Jefferson right across on a quick slant like he is the Packers out there running those things. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think they just made better adjustments, and I even if Clemson had the right adjustments, I don't think they they had enough of them or enough guys. And, uh, yeah, the, not enough of them. Yeah, I I felt so by the second half. Soccer analogy coming up. Drink. I felt like yeah, I felt like a team when you, when you're playing a team and they have the ball the entire game, you feel like you guys are in good positions. You feel like they're prepared to win the ball back, but you just can never get it, and you end up just chasing around. Um, it also reminded me of when I used to be a waiter. And I was a really good waiter. If I had one table to wait on, <laughs> man, I had everything just exactly what they Drinks wanted. Drinks were always full. Up. Yep. And then all of a sudden I get four or five tables and I just, I can't keep up. Like I'm just running around. I don't know who needs what. I was terrible. And so it just kind of gave me that little panic as a Clemson fan watching the second half. They just couldn't account for everything. There's just too many things that they had to try to stop and, and, and it couldn't be done. So ultimately, like I said, I don't think you can be mad about your team losing when the other team was just just not, not necessarily even better on that day, just more equipped to win the game. I totally agree with that. I thought Clemson came out, showed some good wrinkles early on, and looked like, like it. early on I thought, wow, what a great job of coaching here. I kind of feel like LSU wasn't ready for this stuff. And then LSU came out, made the adjustments, and like even just, it's like once they knew how they were lining up on Clemson, you know, defensively, you know, you'd see them where they lined out the receiver wide, and then it's like, wow, that's a huge numbers mismatch out there for the secondary. And they call a timeout, and it's like, wow, that was close. Yeah. And they come back and then do the exact same thing, the same alignment again. Yeah, I thought it was pretty great just listening. And I know you had a lot of different options to listen, but I, I liked listening to Herb Street and Fowler. And there's a couple of things that they brought up a couple times early where – Auburn felt like they had a chance against LSU or at least stopped them rushing three guys, having one middle linebacker and then seven DBs on the field. And and you either matched up athletically or at least you could bring a lot of exotic blitz packages out of that. But uh, one of my like favorite moments of the game, and it was kind of when LSU started kind of taking control, um, it spaces my, his name spaces out. Number one, the dude that had to, over 200 yards rushing. What was his name? Anybody? Anybody? We're college football pod. <laughs> Anyways. On on whose team? On LSU. Oh, gosh. Let's, let's go back to NCAA. It was wide receiver number one. <laughs> uh, it was after he had already caught his first touchdown. He caught another deep one that got him to like the three-yard line, and, and Clemson had stopped him to third down. Clemson, uh, LSU calls a timeout. Herb Street's, yes. Herb yep. Street's talking, and he's like, 
man, this is a huge stop for for Clemson. This is where the, this is where Clemson won the game against Ohio State, is stopping them in these positions. And then as LSU lined up, he just started going, and he's like, number one's at the top of the screen, number two's at the bottom of the screen. They have their running back. Uh, split out wide and he's like the 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 five studs that they have are all over the field and then what did LSU run QB a draw. QB draw like they had so much talent and so many athletes across the field and it's kind of like Danny's point is Clemson had to be looking like oh this guy likes to run the fade and this guy likes to run the cross across the middle of the field and they were trying to match up each individual receiver and making sure that the tendencies for that guy were taken care of and the ball snapped it's it's one bad guess on the linebacker. Joe Burrow reads it. He steps to his left and he walks in untouched. And that's kind of, uh, to me that was kind of the point in the game. Well, and going kind of back defensively, but for both teams, this is the first time where I've seen defenses kind of get out of their normal rhythm. And we saw Clemson run a three-three stack or a three-four stack. Well, I mean they were in a three front, which they hadn't done very much all year. And then they are trying to match safeties on tight ends and safeties on running backs, and LSU was throwing those big guys and the running backs out to the widest part. You really only see that in the NFL. Like, you, that, uh, that was famous when, like, Gronk would line up way out wide and then defenses would match up man-to-man that way. That's where the first time I've ever seen both teams do that. And it felt a lot like kind of NFL defense where you're just going to sit yeah. in a dime or a heavy nickel and – you know, matchup man-to-man, best-on-best. And, I mean, you saw both teams, their slots were pressed, their corners were pressed, and you could see it was going to be cover one no matter what. And then you could see when it was going to be definitely a cover three, cover four look. And, I mean, it just the different looks had okay. was was so varied. Did you guys watch the coaches' room at all? Yeah. I love it. I that, love it. I love it. It got to the point, like, they're throwing out everything. Like, they, they're wrong as much as it seems well, like Well, and that's, right. the, that's the funny but, part is, like, oh, they're going to do this, and it's not even close to that. There was a point there in the second half, kind of towards the beginning, when LSU was rolling, and I, I had to stop watching because they were calling out, like, the obvious. Like, before the play even happened, you knew – it was going to be a big player touchdown. Yeah. And I think my favorite thing about that coach's one is you get at least the all 22, yeah. you know, on the film. And, and although they, it's a smaller screen. I like how that will rewind it and go back through. Yeah. yeah. And they and they do a great job of saying, oh, they're in this formation. Look, they're, they got them outnumbered on the edge. And then the play won't go there. And they're like, well, that they're not blocked there. Why would you run there? And stuff like that. It's just kind of a cool insight into some of their brains and how they can see the blocking angles and the route trees before there, it even goes. There was a point where I, where I felt like they obviously weren't going to say it, but it was like, it, you know, it's kind of over. Like, LSU's got to figure well, out. Clemson and... has no answers. So, like, like, what I'm wondering is, so Venables is one of the best defensive coaches in the nation. He's got to be seeing those exact same things that the, that the guys on TV were seeing and probably realizing that there wasn't a whole heck of a lot he could do about it. Imagine that feeling on the sideline in a national championship, a coach almost feeling helpless. Like, we're throwing everything at him. We cannot – we don't have the answers. And, like, the perfect example, every time they went empty, Clemson brought six guys. And to think about that mathematically, you brought one more guy than they could block. Should be a win. But you've got no help anywhere man-to-man, so you've got to beat that guy to, or beat the lineman to the quarterback before yeah. he gets off. And they, they did every time. Yeah, and, and that, was, to me, that's where they, like, because I thought Jefferson had a pretty quiet game. And then as soon as that started happening, that's when he hit on a mm-hmm. 10-yard slant every single time. Yeah. 
uh, Jamar Chase is the guy's name. I knew it was yeah. Chase. I was going to try to be good and think of his uh, his first name. But uh, also just kind of uh, just the amount of riches that LSU had offensively. Randy Moss's son, yeah. just yeah. big tight end, just two touchdowns. And again, How like – How much fun was he having too? Like, oh, oh, man, yeah. <laughs> they showed him up there. And, and he's like – he's talked numerous times like after a Saturday night game on NFL Countdown the next day just – how how kind of invested he was in the the Tigers the how, LSU season. How great is it though that he was a Viking and his son plays for LSU, so he can wear he can rep his purple and gold, and it yeah. looks yeah. just right in. That's what he's worried about recycling his clothes. Yeah. Probably is that random. <laughs> um, if there's one thing I could add in there real quick, maybe before we move on, um, just the way defense is called nowadays, and I'm not saying like strategically, but we always think about getting that shutout or holding them to so many points. And if you look statistically, yeah, there's ungodly amount of passing yards and stuff like that, but third down conversion is usually a key indicator of who wins. And combined there, like two of 15 or two of 17 on third downs. And so to have all not any success on third down and still give up 57 points combined is, is astounding to me. I thought, like, the defense, you know, like, you see shootouts where defense is terrible. And I was like, I, these defenses wow, were really good. Playing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, effort was good. And it's just um, Coach McFarland, who used to be at North Platte, used to always say, like, yeah. on offense, your job is to get your, your ball carrier isolated with one defensive player. And on defense, your job is to get two hats to the one ball carrier. And it's like every time LSU had that one-on-one matchup, they, they made the play, yeah. you know. And it's, it's just interesting how defenses evolved. And we, we hear it because they talk about now points per play mm-hmm. and points per drive and things like that. But just how good defenses can play and still give up 40 points and, it, oh, yeah. and it, feel good about it. Yeah, it kind of goes back to even like the, the Oregon days when they really had it churning out because like – you look at the NFL, there's all sorts of guys off of that Oregon defense. Like Deion Jordan was a top three pick, but their offense was so prolific and they scored so fast. Like this guy was a top four pick and his defense was giving up 25, 30 points a game just because the offenses have like got so far ahead of the defenses. Like there, there's there's a regression to the mean coming. But So with all uh, Burroughs beating Lawrence, sort of related but a little side, you know who the only other college football quarterback to beat Lawrence is? Uh, no. It was a kid in high school, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. was the last yeah. time. Jake, Jake Smith in uh, Georgia State high school playoffs beats uh, Joe Burrows. Jake Smith is a reserve quarterback, not even on the depth chart for Air Force right now. No <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, I wonder what the last time that was. So I was searching it up, you know, and then – or the, who the last person to beat him in it, and then they happen to have an article about it too, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. That's interesting. Was that just a random thing? You're like, yeah. Well, I was like, oh, <laughs> if somebody ever beat him, you know, in high school or whatever, they probably are in college, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but I was not thinking, uh, you know, probably fourth, fifth string. He, uh, I did find on there, so I looked up later. Uh, played in a few snaps against Colgate on Air Force's first game this year, and that was his only. And Colgate was a respectable team a couple years ago, and yeah. they, they weren't in too hot, yeah. do too hot yeah. this year. So there's a similarity between Trevor Lawrence and Andy. Like, I don't think – I think Andy went many years without losing a Little League baseball game. 
<clears throat> They're darn good. Yeah. Darn good. We're four-time state champions. So, like, take us inside, like, inside Trevor Lawrence's head right now when you finally do have that loss. Like, Might cut his hair. I mean, <laughs> I've been there. You, you lose a big game, you've got great hair, you might want to cut it. I've been there. It's tough. Oh, I bring back the man bun. What I'm saying. It all does. Start winning again, baby. All it takes is time. <laughs> all it takes is time. Brandon, do you have anything to add to the college football final there? Um, the only other things I had, most of it was kind of talked about already. But uh, the fast tempo, that late into the game surprised me, especially when defenses were getting a little tired. And pretty soon when a team's defense is tired and they're running, and you know both teams are, it's like, wow, I'm kind of surprised about that a little bit. Um, Otherwise, the only other thing, the playoffs, awesome that all three undefeated teams had a chance, but then that eliminated our chance of a true one versus two national championship, you know, but it was, you know, nobody would have, nobody would have, LSU was like a great team, and then there was some pretty good teams, and then there was everybody else, you know. I brought the question to the, to the group, and it was half tongue-in-cheek, but I, I, I do truly believe, like, uh, let's say Ohio State does beat Clemson. Oh, do we think geez, it's a better geez. game? Yes? No? I, I think it's a better game. Why? I think that the defensive line for Ohio State can get pressure with four without bringing all those blitzes. That's a good point. Uh, and that just allows maybe a little bit more zone uh, mixed in with some man-to-man with more help over the top. I think Chase Young is is a difference maker. They should have beat. They should have won the game then. You know, it's all about <laughs> matchups. Like it'd be interesting to see how Ohio State's offense would do. Ryan Day has a great prolific vertical passing game. That was what was missing when uh, Urban was really calling plays there for Ohio State. So it'd be interesting to see if they could protect up front enough to be vertical, but also play sideline to sideline. Yeah, I just, I have two last points. I, I thought I was gonna be Nostradamus. Yeah, I made a, a big point that I thought that uh, Delpit, number seven from LSU, was going to have a big game. You guys remember what the first play of the game was? He got hurt, didn't he? No, it was he got he got in there for a sack on like wow, a big wow. second or third down. And I thought as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, I'm on a heater. Uh, <laughs> last thing I'll bring up, and then we can, we can move on. Um, I also made this comment to the group. Uh, I'm sure Danny will disagree, but Brandon, Andy – was it just me, or did you see some some PJ Fleckness coming out of Dabo? Whether it was running up and down on the sideline, or running to that timeout, or leading them out, just it's it's really just a shot at Danny. But I, I every time I watch Dabo, I see more and more of the PJ Fleck in him that I'm sure Danny is blind to. Now, before I let Brandon talk about this. I am captivated by the coaches' room, and they don't show stuff like that. We are so focused on Mike Gundy's mullet and only his mullet that we couldn't yeah. – I mean, there's no view of to it. To say the exact same thing, I watched the, the coaches' one the whole time. If ESPN, if you're listening, it was a little hard to see. I don't have to see the coaches' <laughs> screens on the side with them sitting around a table. Make the all twenty-two full screen because a couple times I was like, "Are you saying oh, don't I, show the co- the coaches themselves?" No, we and can still hear him. What, I want like, to see Mike Gundy. He didn't even have an undershirt see, on. He had like a quarter zip. zip maybe down that's on ESPN no Plus. Undershirt. On ESPN Plus, you get the mobile Gundy cam <laughs> that you could have a, with no, his actually, hair blowing. Well, in a, one of them that I watched, <laughs> one of the channels showed they showed two different camera angles, 
But then at the bottom, it just showed each head coach, like the whole entire time. And so was, you saw a lot I, of PJ play. No, I was oh. fascinated by it because I, and I had it delayed a little bit so I could watch the regular broadcast and then glance over at a certain play and see how the coaches were reacting. And I and I thought it was awesome. And I, and I you know I have no problem saying that like I already said, LSU was the better team. I think that I think that wasn't what Kyle was asking about though. Uh, let me get to it. <laughs> Let me finish. I thought Clemson was a little bit outcoached, and I did. I I thought Davo seemed a little bit more agitated than usual. I don't think he wasn't sprinting across the field at the end of the quarter to, to be like rally around me, like I'm your general. He was sprinting around to call timeouts, and he was. I thought he was just. He flustered. seemed but, high strung. Yeah, he did. But also, I don't normally pay that close of attention to him. But I I did think that that camera angle was pretty cool to to watch the coaches just freak out a little bit. And then it made, made me think, like, which coaches would I just want to watch for the entire game for a variety of reasons, because I like them or just because I think they're a psycho. How, how boring would that camera view have been if it was Mike Riley? Uh, well, no, so... You just saw some handshakes, some hugs. No, you would have seen... There's things that Mike really Riley did on, on camera. <laughs> Mike Riley, I saw putting chapstick on multiple times during his tenure. I saw him one time take a piece of gum out of his mouth fish around in his pocket for the wrapper to that piece of gum and then put the gum in the wrapper and wad it up and put it back in wow. his pocket. Like, name another wow. college football coach who just wouldn't spit the freaking gum out on the sideline. But to be fair, time on his hands. Bo Sorry. Pelini had a gum person who would hand him a piece of gum exactly. and then probably just trade it out. Give me gum. He wasn't fishing around in his pocket. Like, you have time to put chapstick on. On the sideline. Well, it's a different era. We were going pretty slow, so you had 25 <laughs> seconds between play. You had some time. Sorry, I'm going to take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on past the old chapstick there to our final standings of our Bull Pick'em Challenge. Now, luckily, the coin is nowhere to be found. Uh, they started off hot and then went on a terrible spree there, finishing 15 and 26. Tied for third place was yours truly, uh, myself and Brandon. We finished at 27 and 14. I thought pretty respectful, two solid. to one, roughly yeah, two solid. to one. Second place by a game over us at 28 and 13 was Danny. Thank you. And nice. your champion by two games at 30 and 11, Mr. Kyle Milton. Kyle, any words for oh, your championship? Yeah, oh yeah. He deserves it. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm going to do my victory lap here in a second. <laughs> but uh, I think I would be remiss to say, so there's a little, little not pool, but a little contest among a bunch of the teachers that we work with. And going through you guys competing against you three had my confidence kind of sky high. Was like, man, I'm doing really good because it's kind of all the way through about after six or seven games in, I went on a bit of a run and I kind of held the lead and never gave it back. Uh, however, in this pool, I wasn't even in the, even close to winning. So before I take my victory lap, because beating you guys are, is really the only ones that matter. I got to give, uh, a podcast listener, Dan Cromie, a shout out because he actually, T-Crom, yeah, he, not, his was what? T. Seven, seven losses. Yeah. He, uh, he went, uh, That's better than Vegas picked. Yep. So, uh, shout out to, to Mr. Cromie. Sorry. That was a, that was a hell of a pick, but again, I'm I'm taking my victory lap here. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Take all the time you want, man. Yeah, we've got an hour and a half still left compared to last week. Uh, my honestly, my strategy was uh, 
you take the big favorites, obviously, because that's what everybody's going to pick. But I, re- I really felt good about some Big Ten teams, and I think the the Big Ten was what kind of swung it for me. It was the it was the Minnesotas, it was the Iowas, um, and then I was lucky enough to to pick uh, Cal against Illinois. Like I I got I got the Big Ten pretty spot on just because I knew that was the conference that I had watched the most. Uh, I actually thought I was on a really good streak. Uh, because I thought Wisconsin was going to pull it out. I, I had Ohio State, which, again, uh, if you've listened, you kind of know that I've kind of thought and assumed that they were the better teams in those two games anyway. So um, I rode the Big Ten. Uh, they didn't let me down. I I honestly wish that Ohio State would have won because I do think it would have been a better game. It would have made my picks, obviously, a little bit better. Uh, but I can't lie, winning feels good. So basically he's saying he had a notion that Illinois wasn't that good. Yeah. Which, to be fair. But you can't just say that. Like, I was the only one that <laughs> that had Minnesota. That. You guys all thought that, that Minnesota was kind of a fraud, was a good fraudulent well, team. And you had, what was, you, had a, you had the longest streak of anybody. Was yeah, that, I think it was like seven or eight games in a row. No. Uh, that, there was, was, that was impressive. There was one, like, we, we sent out the updates. There was one full update that we sent out that I went undefeated. So it felt good. So, Kyle, any suggestions, hints, keys to victory for our listeners next year as they go into bowl games, other than just the make sure or you like, know the Big so, Ten? Or, like, what amount of, like, research and stuff did you do, or was it just gut feelings? No, I, I did very little research. This, is, this was my research. Um, Don't I, outthink it. I, I looked through the spreads, and I picked, um, obviously, if they were double-digit favorites, then even the teams that I didn't watch or didn't know much about, you picked the biggest favorites. But obviously, they, they set up these bowl games to where they're all competitive, and they're all, they were all three- and four- and five-point spreads. Except and, for that national tournament, you know, yeah. uh, that quarter semifinal, uh, not competitive. But, but honestly, <laughs> except for... One of them was really competitive. I'm talking about the one we care about. I don't know. Yeah, I don't LSU, know Oklahoma. Talking about the minor league games. Of the I thought we were talking about NDSU yeah, again. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I would have commented, but no. My my belief, much like in the NCAA basketball tournament, is that if you spend more, well, we never ask for basketball. No, but I'm saying we'll get, we'll get that little later. preview. Yeah, if so. if you spend more than five or ten minutes filling out your bracket, you're spending far too much time on it because. It's too unpredictable. There's there's too many variables that could go wrong. Go with your gut feeling. Sometimes you ride high. Next year I'll probably be down there with the coin. But I had faith in a couple of teams. I rode with them, and then that's that's how I rode to the top. Dane, did you do a little research on the old Vegas or? We well, okay, so... I, well, first of all, oh, sorry. Danny did no such research. I, he, he brought s- it to he our He sends attention. out a message. <laughs> he says... I'm not going to do it, but can somebody else do it? So yeah. I, I was the for, one that For his did. other podcast. <laughs> yeah. why, why would you do all that yourself if you could just ask people and someone's like, yeah, I'll do it, then, yeah. I just I felt peer pressure. For a podcast I was working on, I said, can somebody find you... out how Vegas did this year in picks? And what it's... I mean is, so I'm saying whoever was the odds favorite in the game was Vegas's pick, right? Okay. So um, my friend Kyle, he actually did he did the work. Um, he was clearly outside of work hours. Like he wasn't using work hours to do this. Uh, but Full disclaimer right there. 
And this is, so this is what I want to do next year. We played against the coin, turns out we're so much more intelligent than the coin that it wasn't yeah, even, even, yeah, it wasn't even a matchup. So my, my suggestion, and actually I have two of them, we'll see which one you guys think is better, is to have us now picking against Vegas next year. Um, and Vegas was, what was it, 30? 32-9. 32-9. So what do you mean by picking against Vegas? So so we had the coin column, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And the coin flip. So if it's minus five, well, so yeah. that's minus five. So whoever the odds favorite okay. is, okay. Whoever, yeah. whoever the odds favorite is in Vegas, we we say that's Vegas's pick. Yeah. Right? So in the in the semifinals, uh, Clemson was actually a, a two point favorite against Ohio State. It, it wasn't about seeding or anything, but because so Clemson was a two point favorite, then Vegas had picked Clemson. Yeah. So and they were. I mean, thirty-two and nine, so not too we're far off. Though. It up yeah. next year. We have to. We have to do a lot football. less research. Yeah, less research. I'd be curious to know what uh, what D. Cromie did as far as research. Yeah, yeah. probably some scientific formula. Uh, I don't know if he has enough characters after he types in his full name <laughs> with all the letters and numbers, but. Uh, Chromie, if you have the the secret sauce, go ahead and let let's send it out on Twitter. All right, Danny. What's well, the other option? Okay, so yeah, thanks. Uh, my so my first option is we play against Vegas. My second option is, and this is stealing ideas from other radio shows, but we find like a national celebrity commentator, and and figure out what their picks are, and we play against that yeah. guy. Because like, wouldn't it be fun to be like, yeah, I'd be. I, I'd be Colin um, Cowherd, Bob Greasy, or something. That I used to do that jump. in my classroom with March Madness, me versus Obama. Yeah, and then I'd have yeah. a little thing. Up I also there. want to see if we could get everyone wrong. If you how how many who could no, get the because, fewest? No, it'd be the opposite of getting everyone right. <laughs> no one does that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done well this year. I like either one. I think we could do both. Okay. Oh, oh. I think if we go against Vegas, we're all gonna lose. Like, there's not ever gonna Are you be a time. To lose? We're getting well, Vegas. Well, I don't know what it now. feels like compared to <laughs> you like other. It's like Danny Ocean and his ten friends. It's gonna be that kind of okay. a thing. Do you have a quote? Is this movie quote time? No, it's just Ocean's Eleven. Oh, Danny Ocean. Yeah. That was in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Yes. The Bellagio. The Bellagio. We're gonna tear into Vegas like Danny and Bellagio. <laughs> <laughs> on fight Whoa. night. On fight night. All righty. Well, let's move on. Right. Now that we now that the football season's over, I'm sad to see it go. Um, college football is my, my baby. I love watching all the D2, D1, AA, the FCS, I guess they're called now. Sorry, Graham. And even one or two little D3 NAIA games a week. So now I have all this free time. I guess I could be a parent or something. But what are we going to miss? What do we like about this year? What was a bright spot? Brandon, what was a bright spot for you, man? Uh, for me, I have a few things. 150 years, so that's, you know... I was I kind of got tired of seeing big. that everywhere yeah, on every historical, field. Historical, you know. It's a number. I got confused. Like, where's this 150 yard line coming <laughs> yeah. from? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, so are they get more yard. No wonder why they're breaking so many offensive yeah. records. And then also, I put on there. Um, I was not a believer in uh, Cristobal going to Oregon. I thought he would be terrible there, and so he improved them. Where did he come from? Where was he before? Uh, well, he was there. Well, he was our uh, O line coach. Yeah. Coordinator, what, but originally from Alabama, they're an O-line coach. Oh, okay. Which well, built a, it, lot a lot Alabama's of Alabama's offensive line coaches turn out to they do know what good they're things doing. elsewhere. Yeah. It's like they turn out Alabama has good linemen. 
And then uh, the other thing I have on there was, I mean, it wasn't anything on a national scale, but I went to the Army Air Force game and Air Force, I thought should have been a pretty heavy favorite going into that. And it came down uh, to like literally the last play Army was down at like the one or two yard line and they stopped Army. So for me, that was a cool thing just to see that this year. Are you going to all invite us on a vacation to that? Yeah, next oh year, God. if you guys want to go to that's an easy road trip. Navy, <laughs> next year I'm going to try to go Air Force, Navy, weather permitting, and all that kind of stuff. I'm in, are you, Andy? You I mean, so it's right down, <laughs> right down the interstate. I can do that. Now, I did again a little inside joke here. Uh, I uh, obviously thought that we should all go to a, a bowl game together, and I got quickly shut down but then annie thought it would have been cool then to go to the <laughs> fcs championship game in frisco texas which might sound like the worst vacation i've ever been on uh, here frisco is beautiful this time yeah. Yeah. Everyone is blizzard yeah. Yeah. Uh, i did a little facebook poll though i don't know if any of you guys managed to see or participate on uh what would be a, a better show tradition uh, would it be going to the FCS bowl game every ch- the championship game every year or having a remote location podcast at the Husker bowl game? And without getting uh, the specifics out on my phone, the, the Husker bowl game did win in a landslide. So we just need, how like, do I get onto that? Little like two to one, two to one votes. And hey, we there, got one for every two. There were, there were a couple of like snide comments place. about – um, Nebraska maybe not ever being in a bowl game, so that kind of eliminates well, any. You can host it. Yeah. Be nice hostesses. But no, that's that's kind of that's kind of where that ended up. Is most people uh, thought yes, the Nebraska bowl game, even if it was in uh, the Boca Raton, uh, <laughs> would have been a much better Boca choice Raton. than uh, Frisco, Frisco, Texas. Kyle, do you have any bright bright spots? Uh. I'm going to kind of just pick one off the fly because um, it, it's hard to kind of put a full season all into one. Should we break it down by week? Yeah, like week one, my, my memorable moment. No. <laughs> that uh, my problem. Like, I remember like the last week and a half. So. Well, and that's kind of where I'm going to go. And, and it's not like I'm an LSU fan, but once they kind of got rolling, I did think the Joe Burrow st- story was really cool. And I mentioned it on a pod already. I just – I thought it was absolutely cool how uh, Louisiana kind of bought into him, how he bought into to LSU. And to me, the, the coolest thing that I saw all year, uh, besides the slow-mo video of him walking, smoking the cigar after the national championship game that I just saw today, was, was him coming out of the tunnel on senior night with Burrow spelled uh, with the Louisiana E-A-U-X on the back of it. And I like I thought that was the coolest thing uh, and the most memorable thing from from the year because it's just cool. Like that's the one thing that college gives you that NFL doesn't is just that the community aspect of it, the buying into the one team. And I thought that was the coolest. Have you seen that meme picture? Sorry, I'll go to you next day here real quick. Have you seen that meme of the like the three most famous Louisiana football players? Yeah, yeah. It's Breeze, all wearing number nine, <laughs> Burrow, and Bouchon when he was walking out with that cigar line here if he was like don't you love it when the plan comes together (laughs) (laughs) all right dan what do you got for us what's your so i just want to comment on on what kyle was saying the burrow story was awesome um i think it's pretty um i don't know if i just say interesting but dude was in his fifth year 
and never started quarterback before. Yeah, he um, is older than Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, so I, it's just it's just it's just wild to me that like he finally gets his shot, and this is what we get like sixty touchdown passes in a year. Um, combine that with Joe Brady, I think that that you know obviously gave LSU the edge. So my question, I guess, is what's LSU next year without those two? That's a fair question. Will, they have a lot so of Orgeron, like. I, the stories that came out during this last week, just about sort of the legend that he is, like, he's a legend. So is is this going to continue, or what are we going to see next year? I think the best part about Orgeron is that he's not connected to the offense. He's not connected to the defense. And so he's just a great leader, and he has guys who he trusts who kind of run the shows for him. And so that way, yeah, he's the head, but he's not the credit guy. He's not... You know, he's just kind of the great team player that has kind of built that legend. But, I mean, is there evolved different offense that probably won it? So, like, yeah, I, I think LSU is always going to be competitive because regardless of the offense or the defensive scheme, they're going to put 22 just flat out. Well, and I'll say, three different coaches. Yeah. Well, and they've mm-hmm. had three – they have like three seniors on off, on defense and only a couple on offense. So they got a lot of guys coming back on both sides of the ball. So I, and I asked Kyle this earlier so he knows, but do you guys – what would your guess be what LSU was ranked AP preseason? I have no idea. Top two or three. There were six. Oh, this year. I thought you were going year. into next yeah, year. Yeah, no, this year. So it, it's just amazing yeah. to me that like all the like the experts didn't look at them before the season and say they're the they're the national. But champion. that's there's because years so where so many things we didn't just nobody knew about them. But there's so many years that Auburn was outside the top twenty five and was the national champion, and like there's always those teams. So six, I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, six, the five on top of them, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, right. and then Clemson. Clemson and Georgia. So like. They weren't wrong by those first five. If Tua goes down, it's a whole yeah. different situation. Georgia's right there. Clemson's clearly right there in Ohio State. So it's not like they got it wrong by any means. We just – Joe Burrow. I just think it's notable that we sit here now and we can oh. all probably say, like, that was one of the more dominant college football teams we've seen yeah. in a long time. Yeah. But before the season, well, nobody really knew. And so now I'm wondering, so what What will they be yeah. next but, year? But – the crazy thing is, I think, is they were rated number six in the preseason, and this is without anybody knowing that Joe Burrow was going to be worth yeah. a crap. And right. Joe yeah. Brady had his yeah. such a and, and here's a, a crazy thing, and I think I heard this right. So I can't remember what it was called, but uh, Brady got the got the award for the, the Ar- bet. The Bryles? Yeah. Or not? I don't think no. the Broils. Broils, there you go. For the, Broils. the, <laughs> <laughs> the Art, nobody wants the Art Broils award. Yeah. Cut that! Cut that! With that one. But uh, he got the the Broils award for the best assistant, and the craziest thing was is he wasn't even LSU's he, offensive he's coordinator. Not a coordinator. No. Yeah. Like he was just that's how good he was. That's how big of an impact he was. And uh, me being a Saints fan, maybe that's why the Saints kind of petered out down the end. Is he was a bigger loss than they might have anticipated. They were number one passing offense or some number one passing stat. I just saw that earlier today when he was there. Yeah. And he's 30 years old. Yeah. yeah. What are you uh, doing with your life, Danny? Watch TV. Oh. Well, he's went 40 years without a cavity. That's what he's doing with <laughs> his life. Regimen. That's, <laughs> that's more legendary than yeah. You want to know who has cavities? Joe Brady. Joe Brady. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I've got a whole list of things. So, if anybody else has a topic they want to talk about, 
Well, real quick. Now and then I'll just maybe rapid fire and see what you guys' comments are on some of these things. I, I think that this is one year that I can remember watching the LSU-Alabama game where it was back and forth. Alabama-Auburn where it was back and forth. And there's this is one of the few times where I can remember standing up watching football. I mean, yeah, I'll watch Big Ten football every week and sit down. Yeah, well, that's a big play there, big play there. But, like, there's a lot of games where we're so back and forth and so crazy. The Wisconsin-Oregon Bowl game comes to mind where every play seemed like it mattered. And you just don't get that a lot. And so this year I just felt like, you know, the, the closeness of games and the upsets yeah. were, were phenomenal. Parody, man. Parody, yes. Go ahead, Danny. Start right. rapid fire. Yeah, so let me just throw these things out here. If anybody has a comment or anecdote, um, throw it out there. Otherwise, I'll go on to the next thing. Like, literally, this this might be an hour. It might be, like, 30 seconds. So, about to find out. Um, speaking of Burrow, he's is he, is he the biggest story of the college football season? I'd probably say so. I think so. Had and targeting. If, yeah, targeting. Jeez. <laughs> Had a, We didn't even mention that targeting call, but I would have told you it just would have came back to the Ohio State targeting call. But uh, I think had Chase Young not been suspended uh, for Ohio State those four games and he could have put forth a, a impressive kind of numbers-wise, because obviously sure. if you watched him, he was, he was a monster, <clears throat> but he didn't have the sack totals or, or just the impact on uh, – because. The games he sat out were games he would have just physically dominated. So he could have had like the Indomitian Sioux uh, run to the Heisman, possibly. Uh, but yeah, Burrow, especially down the stretch, geez, how many? 15 touchdowns in the semifinals? Is that what he accounted for? Or 13, 14? Because I know he had eight and he had at least five. I, it, it's his season, I think. So does he go to the Bengals? Yeah. Any thoughts on the Bengals with Joe Burrow and obviously the Husker connection, right? Yeah. Coached by. Uh, I think Zach Taylor Bulldogs. would want a quarterback, yeah. Yeah. Especially since they didn't do well this year. They, He's going to want a quarterback that, that he can groom. As long as Joe Burrow is his type of guy, like that's going to be who he hitches his wagon and to. And with their lack of success this year, drafting that quarterback probably buys you another year or two. Yeah. Well, and league, that's, you know. that's how crazy. Your stay as a head coach in the NFL is if you draft a first-year quarterback, at least you're guaranteed one more year. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Rule to Carolina. So he brought Baylor. I don't know. Did he bring him back or did he just make him good or what would you say? Made him good without the scandals. Okay, yeah, so, I mean, so the resurrection of Not a lot Baylor. of other people would have taken that job. Well, and did know. it the opposite of what Baylor's known for. I mean, when it yeah. was running yeah, full steam, spread, it, was, so. it was kind of your spread, throw yeah. it around, and now they're playing defense and run the ball. But I just think it's interesting that Rule turned down any interview with the Browns, Giants. He said he's going to stay, and then all of a sudden Carolina yeah. came calling, and he, he jumped so fast. was calling it quits prior to that. I'm sure it didn't impact it too much, but yeah. I mean that's a pretty big loss for him. Yeah. Going so so him to Carolina, and then obviously Joe Brady is his offensive coordinator. So you know, uh, big promotion there. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I, to me, because I think he's just another guy in a long line of of guys who have done similar things. But uh, it does kind of get into the whole college mindset of. I'm sure he was preaching to his guys all year long, like. You got to buy into our program. We're yeah. we're buying into you. We're investing in you. And then he probably sees the writing on the wall. 
this year was probably as successful as they were going to be, and they still came up short twice against Oklahoma. So he's like, well, if I'm ever going to leave now, is going to be the time. And he, he followed the, the biggest paycheck that any college coach has ever gotten from the NFL. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I do think, and, and I, you can make whatever professional choice you want to, but it does ring kind of hollow when some of these big-time college coaches are, are always selling their program on – telling kids like you got to believe in the team and why would you ever sit out of a bowl game to because you want to go to the nfl when when they're doing the exact same thing like i'm i'm pretty sure whenever lincoln riley decides that that he has the pro situation that he wants he's going to do the exact same thing and everything that he's saying now is just kind of for nothing now Not to jump to NFL talk, but isn't it kind of interesting how for the longest time mobile quarterbacks were seen as mm-hmm. not a pro-style, pro-system? And also now you're getting, you know, Lamar obviously went off. The Browns kind of gone back-to-back quarterbacks who are mobile and whatnot. Maybe not back-to-back, but with Baker. But then Cliff Kingsbury getting hired. Now Matt Rule, who has a mobile quarterback, and Cam Newton, who if he can stay healthy. I don't healthy, think he's going to be there. They're so. going to have a new quarterback. That's my next question. Who's 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 their quarterback next I was, year? Where where do they draft at? Do you know or about? No. They're in the there, top there ten. They trade up to number one. So there for, was talk today you know, about apparently their owner has a ton of money to spend and will he will he try to get up and and grab Joe, you know, bro? But I if not him, you could go price. like he could get still get somebody dual threat because I think you know it used to be like let's bring our guy in and. 10 years he'll play here. Yeah. And then now where you see the mobile quarterbacks having a lot more success and yeah. be more impactful, and with the rookie salary cap so much lower than yeah. the regular salary cap, I would say get the guy who's going to win you as many games as you can yeah. now, and then Spend if the he gets hurt on. and the wheels run off him in three years, we'll draft another yeah. one in yeah. three. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Is there any previous relationship between Brady and Rule? I mean... I'm curious about that. Like, was that well, part they of the both, deal? Like, I'm coming to Carolina, but you better go get this guy. I mean, they're both in the NFL, and the NFL is kind of that prestigious, you know, yeah. brotherhood, if you would. But yeah, like, in kind of going with what you're you're talking about, there's there's people that are saying that teams should take a serious look because Taysom Hill's a restricted free agent. Yeah. Like, can they can team can a team pick him up? Kind of hurt the Saints a little bit, and then like I've heard. Taking the can't think of his name the the Ravens offensive coordinator promoting him to your head coach and kind of letting him set up the same type of offense with a mobile quarterback yeah. is and so that kind of shows you where it's going is Taysom Hill who is the Saints pump protector he's their <laughs> kick returner yeah he's he's their wildcat quarterback there's people who think teams should snag him up to be kind of their their real quarterback and. I do think it kind of shows, again, not getting too, into too much NFL, but it kind of shows how much the Saints know that, that Breeze is kind of slipping with how much uh, Taysom Hill has been a, a more integral yeah. part of, of their offense. So, shoot, it might be the Saints that are running Taysom Hill out there. Quarterback. All, three, all three Saints quarterbacks are free agents. And who's the only Bridgewater? Yeah. 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 Um, Taysom Hill is a restricted free agent, so if he if the Saints don't want him to leave, he won't. Yeah. Um, and then Breeze is going to be there until as long as Breeze wants yeah. to. So if he's a free agent, it's not the same type of free agent as anybody else. Like the no. the Saints have already said, like if Breeze wants to come back, he is our quarterback, and yeah. and he he's made he's, it seem he's like he's, it. he's he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of depends on 
are they going to pay a little bit more for Taysom Hill to have him as that that kind of X factor because um, you you know you have Michael Thomas Kamara has been up and down all season long like Taysom Hill was the best player on the field in that playoff game. You would have to waste so many reps going up against him just because as a special team exactly. alone, you know, like geez, now this guy. Yeah. Watch out for him. He yeah. might throw it. Anytime he's that pump protector, you have you probably can't get a full return on or a full Very block cool. on because he's always a threat to fake it. Mm-hmm. And so cool. Saints uh, podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, go. So quick <clears throat> poll, how will the Saints get knocked out of the playoffs next year? Probably on the last play, <laughs> uh, and in a heartbreaking <laughs> fashion. It's kind of in the pattern. Three years in a row. That you you said this year was the first time you can remember like standing up for a football game. Uh, I was going to make the joke that the last time that a sporting event had me like running through the house was when Derek Fisher in 2004 hit the shot with 0.4 seconds <laughs> left. I physically ran up and down my house, and then yeah. with with all this with all this Saints talk, I I did remember that the Minnesota miracle happened. And, <laughs> Uh, now you want to lay down? Yeah, that <laughs> crushed me to my soul. So I, I, thought, I fell to the ground on that one. I thought maybe Andy was watching somewhere where they mounted the TV up high on the wall. <laughs> That's yeah. why you were standing up. Because he's short? Is yeah. that a joke? That was Good one, Danny. Good one. You guys want to go back to talking about college football? <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. All right, so what do you got on an SEC with an angry Nick Saban for their year? How it happened this year? And also Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. Any, I'm going to say Nick Saban's always angry, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. How awkward really, uh, is he? Like you just look him on the TV at the national championship, and he's just like, like, yeah, this is really what I want to be sitting on the sideline talking to you. That's like Yay-hoos. Kiffin. Like seemed to really grow up and become more mature. And that's I really what Boca Raton will do to you. I think he's going to yeah. do good. But uh, Leach, I don't know how much they're going to go for his shenanigans you know what i mean I th- like he'll win them like seven or eight games and they'll put up but a lot of just as much as but they see themselves as a program you know what i mean yeah. where they're like hey we could be better and i don't think he's gonna last very long that's just my can you imagine the prediction. sec media days oh, with gosh, the coaches with you have like you have nick saban sitting on his high chair and you have ed ordron kind of the the people's champion yeah. and you throw lane kiffin who's Kind of just like that grease ball type of guy, and then Mike. Wherever Mike. You guys ever watch that reality show Below Deck that has like the like these little cruise ships and people are on vacations and there's all sorts of drama and stuff. All right, we'll throw it in the reality (laughs) show. I think SEC Media Day should just be all those guys like put in some weird situation and it's just filmed. I like it. But if there's anyone who's gonna make sure you survive, it's Mike Leach. That guy's a jack of all trades. I'd I'd go with Orgeron. Well, yeah, he'll, ca- he'll catch you an alligator. <laughs> yeah, I'd, and I don't know. I, for as much as we joke, like I do think Saban is the best coach. Oh, I think he's I think he's smarter and two steps ahead of everybody. I think he's going to come back, and I think Alabama's obviously going to be probably the team to beat just because they're reloading, and they actually have a quarterback that's coming back that actually has some experience now. He's not a young dude. I, I would I would assume that maybe if he can win another national championship, he might just roll out on top. Well, but the crazy part about Saban is he's just you. We always think of him as this crazy mastermind and things like that. But the guy, the team that has had the most missed PATs 
in the last, it was like a oh, day yeah. or something, is like his, Alabama by a lot. His which, kicking game is always a disaster because that's way back when, when LSU beat them 6-3, to three, they had like four missed, yeah, and so like four missed field goals. A guy who's so de- detail-oriented and so, has his guys so whipped into shape, you know, a PAT is, should not well, be Well, I think the, that might say just how intense he is is because a, a PAT or, a, or a chip shot field goal that should just be easy for everybody, like the kicker, the holder, everybody knows the amount of pressure that yeah. Nick Saban puts on everybody. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a little tightness in that position is probably not good. You need those guys to be loose. That's how I feel hitting a tee shot every time I, like, sub in a golf league. Or when somebody lets you play through. That's what sucks. That is what sucks. That puts you on the spot right there. Those are some awkward conversations, too. Yeah, I'd try to pretend like it oh, doesn't thanks. happen. Thank you, guys. I'm good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. And then you hit one, and you got to pretend like, oh, geez, I haven't hit one. Or that. as you're teeing up, it's like, oh. Like, because you, you, you know you've been pissed off for the last – Two holes as you're, <laughs> as these guys aren't waiting for you to play through, and then you hit a couple of shots into them, and they finally let you play through, and then then you kind of have to walk nonchalantly. Oh, geez, I'm just out here having a good time. You guys yeah. don't have you, to let me do that. I feel like there's a lot more to the story. You, you I have... spent a lot of time just waiting, but then when they let you play through, what do you do? You rush. You hurry. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm like, I don't want you to let me to play through. <laughs> I just want you to play fast. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, could you do that for me? That was um, oddly specific to be like. A hypothetical situation. So we're a Saints podcast. We're a golf podcast. Yeah. I went. I've went. I've but been low end three golf. Times. Low end yeah, golf. Better. Like I'm terrible. Low end podcast. I think that. I think that says everything. Just a low end <laughs> podcast more than anything. You guys want a few more? Or do you? How are we doing? I, I like. Just keep yeah, firing them off. Like, we can do these a little quicker. Just yeah. keep yeah. the comments. Sorry. Okay. So one of the, one of the things that I was thinking about with this sort of review of the season is I always think about stuff that happened during the season and like how it's going to play out, like how it's going to evolve and, and continue. So a couple things that, that I think were emerging stories and teams. What do you got on the future of North Carolina with Mac Brown? During the bowl game, I thought this team is going other bold pick next year. North Carolina is going to finish ahead of Clemson in their conference. Jeez Louise, what a hot take. Oregon on the rise. Crystal ball. We kind of talked about that a little bit. Be hard without without um, with the quarterback situation. Yeah, that's. But their whole defense is pretty much coming back, so that's that's a good start. Pretty good. Well, and then you have the Pac-12. Like that's just a conference yeah. that kind of has no direction. So I would, I would look for Washington to be <laughs> except for their officials. <laughs> yeah, making Great it to the season. finals. You want to throw that joke in? Or yeah, I, I saw a text message, and I mean, I stole it from the, uh, the coaches on ESPN. But uh, they're making a joke about how the Pac-12 at least got the officials to the game. Um, couldn't get a team in the Final Four again. Yeah. But. We all laughed and laughed and laughed. Yeah, it was good. How's Minnesota do next year? A little bit of a back to reality. I think they're still good because your guy, P.J. Fleck, whether you like it or not, has kind of recreated the culture. I don't think they're gonna kind of go on the undefeated run that they do that they did this year, but I think them being a doormat is is a thing of the past, and eight and four is is probably in the realm. Of possibilities. If there's if there's anything I like about Minnesota and Iowa being so consistent and then beating maybe a mediocre USC game team in the bowl game is just the fact that Michigan State was you know five hundred at best. 
Michigan faltered throughout the year. I mean, Iowa was consistent. Wisconsin was consistent. Minnesota was consistent. They beat Penn State. So, yeah, you had Ohio State on one side. But then a lot of the other talk of the Big Ten was in the West. And so there for so many years it was Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. How is that fair? And now you're kind of seeing the swing that the West is actually a lot better than, than what people are giving it credit for. Uh, true or false? Memphis and Cincinnati, good programs who are getting better. So they have to be both. No, just what do you think? I mean, they had good seasons. They were kind of especially Memphis, Memphis losing I'm, Norvell to Florida State makes yeah, me nervous. I'm more, I'm more on the Memphis bandwagon. Cincinnati's Luke gonna be Fickle? steady though. Cincinnati's steady with Luke Fickle. Yeah. I, Memphis makes me nervous because uglier Urban Meyer. Norvell. <laughs> I think he looks like Adam Sandler. A okay. Bit. Yeah. Or that guy who's always loud in all the TV shows. I can't oh, think of who Godfrey. it is. No. <laughs> <laughs> a little retro. Gilbert Godfrey. Millennials, man. No. I don't even know who Gilbert Godfrey is. He's the guy on um, on The Hangover who lets the guy shoot uh, shoot the guy with the. Uh, yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna have to pull this guy up. Uh, we'll give him time to Google. I think neither one's gonna like continuously yeah. tend to get better. They well, you won't see some years c- where they're good. Years you won't see Cincinnati in that UCF, that Boise State, <clears throat> TCU range. They'll be your typical nine and three. A team you're not really excited to see on your schedule necessarily, but not one yeah. that you think is gonna be yeah. playing on it. And I think goal. when you're not in one of those big five conferences, you obviously just don't have the funds to to pay your coaches. And I think teams like that, they they pop up. For a bit, mm-hmm. and then everybody just kind of picks and picks and picks at them until everything that made them good is now as part of other programs. Well, I think in, they have a two or three year blip, and then it's the next wave of of college. And that used to be kind of like in the MAC, you'd see that Toledo had a run where all the coaches would leave Toledo, and like there's other schools kind of like that. But I feel like the American is just kind of that middle, like AAA, if you would, in a baseball reference, where you have the you have the American who UCF bring it to the national stage, Memphis getting a lot of regard and things like that, that you don't see that jump from the Mac to a power five. It's to the American, and then the American's kind of that last jump before you get a big job like that. Rob Riggle is who I was uh, oh, I like that guy. He used to be on the Daily Show. That was but close. I think that's a Luke Fickle lookalike right there. I think Luke Fickle would feel good about I'd give that. that. Like I'd give you Rob that. Rob Riggle was like in the military. He's kind of stacked. Yeah. But boy, well, is he annoying sometimes. Luke yeah. Fickles was a college football player, so I'm assuming at one point he was also Stacked. well put together. That's a good point. So, next one, Daniel. Um, so now you I guys kinda... remember when Andy was the one running this show? Yeah, yeah. But this is great. I really <laughs> like this. We got, I got seven more hours of just <laughs> statements that I say. This is actually my last one, and now I'm feeling bad about being a Nebraska fan after all that talk because like we should be better, but. Uh, how powerful is the Big Ten moving forward, and how tough is it going to be for Nebraska, I think, to even be bowl eligible with the schedule that they have? Yes. <laughs> I'd put okay. it Big Ten, like Talk not at SEC. You know, it's, I know the SEC had a great bowl showing, but most of it was against the Big 12. seemed like yeah. a lot of their That's, that's what I think some of the matchups in the, in the bowl season either you get way, a lot of yeah. interesting. I, I don't think Nebraska's – really going to be much better next year. Hopefully down the road. I don't know how long it takes to build this program, you know, like which is concerning to me. 
Yeah, I honestly think like top heavy when you have Alabama and you have LSU and you have Georgia, like the Big Ten is is really coming at you with Ohio State, who is as good as all of those teams are, but it, it's three to one. So if you're looking at top heavy, the SEC is still there, but the depth that the Big yeah. Ten can bring, and I know the SEC still has Florida and, and teams like that, but the depth like Minnesota and Wisconsin yeah. and Iowa, Penn State, I honestly think that if you look at the big picture, they are 1A and 1B, and then there's a big gulf to the next one. I don't even know who you would say the next conference okay, is. So here's a question. If you're Nebraska – and you're just trying to get bowl eligible. Move back to the Big 12. No, well, no that's not an option. Oh, would oh. you rather compete? Would you rather try to get six wins in the SEC or the Big 10? SEC. Well, we'd be in the we'd be in the SEC West. That's not where you want to be. No, that's not where you want to be. But somehow Missouri's in the SEC East. Well, that's just that's because weird. they had to have a balance. But oh, you couldn't shift one team. <laughs> no, because then you then you ru- <laughs> this is our thing, man. We can <laughs> then you lose win. all of the the traditional rivalries. Cross like our teams being from the south, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it, it is the southeastern conference. You know, I just yeah. it would wear on me. They'd be talking about Bayou stuff all the time, and yeah. all I'm this sure thing, and I'd be, be you know, I don't know. But I, I think if we I think could there's more winnable games in the yeah. SEC. I don't know if you could guarantee Purdue, because at least it's a 50-50. Northwestern, 66-33. Rutgers, <laughs> Illinois. I mean, you got a chance, but it just seems like we always get the top from the other side, and there's a lot less of that. Well, yeah, and a lot more of that, and a lot less of you. You could look at so. the Kentuckys, and I honestly don't think Missouri is, is no there Missouri anymore. is the worst or, or of Tennessee, that. like. All of those are, are big name programs that have a lot of clout, but recently have have not put good products on the field. That's true. Like I said, I you look at that, and it and it kind of goes to the to the Big Ten West is we don't have that that glittery team like Ohio State or LSU or or Alabama, but top to bottom, that's about as tough of a. There's a lot of teams that don't lose big and I think that's the tough part there's a lot of teams that don't lose big yes and style of play does factor into it like you you beat Iowa or you beat Wisconsin 24 to 14 and that's a that's a blowout style of play at least in the bowl games match up pretty well yeah Yeah, like almost everything and when when you think about Nebraska it kind of depends on how big of a jump they can make because if you look at over the last couple of years, they've been in a lot of close games, and and obviously we've we've gotten the the barn doors blown off of us a bit. But like to me, there's probably not a lot separating us and Iowa still. Like granted, they just have they kind of have the infrastructure now that kind of wins out in most cases, just because. Ference has been there so long, and if you look at Wisconsin again, they they've had the infrastructure where everything is tradition there, and they kind of know what to expect. Where Nebraska's building that, like you bring in a couple more competitive recruiting classes, and you win a, a couple of games that teams don't, or people don't think you should. You, you to me, Nebraska has to make Memorial Stadium a a place that they don't lose anymore, and that that's been the hardest part is. Like, geez, we, we try to get these teams where we're paying them $150,000 to come play us, and those are competitive games. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> give me a game every once in a while where it's 28-0 to zero midway through the third, no. it's the second quarter. And, yeah. and, like, to me, 
The, Those are the games I used to go to as a kid, and I was like, this is boring. I wish yeah. the games were closer. Yeah. Now, Guess what I got? Exactly <laughs> what I wanted. Yeah. So. All right. I guess as we kind of wind down here, um, and since football, college football is officially over now, what's one thing that you're looking forward to in regards to college football and going into the off season? Is there one thing that – one storyline maybe that – really sticks out that you're interested in following into into the offseason football to me and obviously you, you you'll read articles on the way too early top 25 and stuff like that but offseason football comes down to Nebraska and I start following Nebraska and you, you get to hear about who they're bringing in and how good this guy's looking like if there's anything that I get excited about it's it's starting to hear about what Nebraska's doing I have just a little listing here. Is that okay if I go through that? It's just kind of well. We schedule. went through Danny's list. I would assume we yeah, can go this, through this. This will be this will be fast. Uh, <laughs> so like, it kind of bounces between NFL and college. But the first is because of the NFL Combine, seeing the yep. college players mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Uh, Pat Curran's book, uh, "Take Your Eye Off the Ball." He talks about the explosion ratio and his production formulas, and I like to run those with the numbers to see how his results go with how far people are drafted and then how um, effective they are within their first few years. Have you done that already, or is this something you're going to yeah, start doing? Yeah, I've done it before. Is, is there one that stands out that... And Dominican Sue, you know, like is well, okay, just being an Oscar, you know what I mean, but <laughs> yeah. it, it works really good with the uh, defensive line and linebackers, okay. obviously. Has there been it. like a sleeper that you found was like through the roof that... There's a few who I thought that would, but then, yeah, they never... Yeah turned out i'll keep better track of it on this next that'd be one interesting to another thing but um i do look forward to doing that each year and then the spring games uh the nfl draft and then the athlon covers and then <laughs> oh uh, yeah ncaa fo- oh wait thanks, <laughs> thanks a lot sam keller yeah, yeah. Uh, there's that nebraska and time and then um no, other than that then, well, uh, yeah maybe. it'll be a while so that's what i look forward to in the offseason i love spring game and watching the it's nerdy, but I like watching the spring games on ESPN and yeah. the yeah, different I, ones. I read more articles in like maybe late June and July about college football, particularly the Huskers, than any other time because that's like the off season yeah, optimism. Everybody like, has hope. Yeah, I I don't honestly. <laughs> I I no. That, you don't have hope. I don't honestly. I don't enjoy following like recruiting at all. I always just say I'll wait till they're on the field and then I'll right, right. and then I'll watch and find out. But um, other than just kind of the off season interest and hype, I like the how college flows into NFL as far as the coaches you know that are moving on, the players that are moving on, and just the things that I've mentioned. I, I kind of like to see how it all how it all moves along and those kind of storylines that are left over at the end of this season and watching how they unfold next season. I guess just to kind of close that, really, now that we kind of have in our own kind of sense of the word of free agency with the transfer portal, just to see what mm-hmm. chaos comes yeah. from that. Uh, we've already had De'Eric King, yeah. who is a Houston quarterback, who redshirted like the last, or set out the last. Because they knew they were going to be terrible. Yeah, yeah. He halfway, or <laughs> four or five games in said, nope, I'm going to redshirt so that way I can play next year. And told him that it was not Houston. Yep. It was because, you know, whatever reason. And then he decides to transfer. And so um, 
I don't know, I just thought that it was an interesting thing that a guy who was so Houston uh, because of the last yeah. four years or so, and then now he's he's out the door. And so just the, the mass chaos that kind of ensues with. Is that open? Is that portal then open all the way through? Like, is there a cutoff? <sighs> Ball practice, I'm pretty sure. Who are all the quarterbacks? Who's who's starting quarterback for all these teams next well, year? Well, and that's I mean that's kind of the best part is yeah, running back or transfer or whatever, and you, they pop back up. But you know the just the way football works in general, the quarterback is so interesting to follow. But that will do it for our college football talk. But even though the season is over, the podcast is not. Yes. So make sure you still just real quick. That was two pretty big butts back to back. What's his name? But it is butts. Butts. Yes. Yes. Um, so make sure you do stick around, stay tuned for upcoming episodes. I actually kind of think these next episodes may be the most intriguing because they're going to be a wide variety of topics. Yeah, like honestly, this is kind of like obviously I, I've enjoyed talking uh, the bowl games and stuff like that, but I was actually. Really excited for some of these. Uh, I want to have conversations about uh, if you watch, like, who is your favorite fictional football coach? Or if you were putting together your favorite fictional football team, would would uh, Steeman Willie Beeman be your choice? Or would you like, <laughs> like, Booby Miles? Like, who would be your first overall pick? And I even kind of want to get into some some non-football like if we're talking movies like uh can we can we talk about the greatest teams ever and maybe get uh the d2 mighty ducks involved and like if you guys have any good conversation pieces like let us know and and i i I meant to bring this up and i'm a million things are going through my head here but uh i did want to mention uh we have this email set up and uh, we all have access to it, and some people check it, and so we don't always get the the new notifications. Did did you guys? Who was the one that responded to uh, Adam oh, Engel's did, email? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so so we I asked. Yeah, we asked for a uh, Love that guy. for a suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we. I thought it was the loser of of the of the round here. So in this case, it would be Brandon and Andy. Sure. We needed punishments for the losers. Yep. And he suggested uh, that the losers had to take the ACT again with no preparation. <laughs> At their own expense. Yeah. And then make Which would be worse than a yeah. lot that of other... That's to Luckily, that was to the I misunderstood because I, I honestly just saw it today as I was looking through our, our show notes. And uh, I wanted to give Adam a, a shout out because... Yeah, that was a phenomenal... Uh, that was a phenomenal. I also class. mentioned to him in the email. I, I had him in class, felt like a million years ago, but he always mentioned that he wanted to run for mayor yeah. of North Platte, and uh, the current mayor said he was no longer running. So I, I I gave him the opening that if he was ready, the the seat was open. Come so on back, Adam. Uh, you got our what, vote. Yeah. I'd say, wouldn't that be a heck of a first guest, future mayor? Yeah, on oh, the geez. podcast. Yeah. Well, second wow. guest. Don't forget, Leo is oh, in the corner here. Oh, it has been fun just having conversations um, with with people who have said that they've been listening, and I always like to ask them, like, what's your hot take? Like, what should we be talking about? And there's been all sorts of fun, interesting things. So. Uh, Thanks for listening and thanks for talking to us about it because we enjoy doing it. And now that sounds like we're wrapping up for the like in eternity. We will be back. Yeah, no, that's not a. It's been. Hey, it's been fun. It's yeah, been real. Yeah, yeah. See ya. The, the, these conversations provide ideas of things to talk yes. about. That's, yeah, that's and and honestly, it's been cool. Like, there's been a couple of friends that 
I don't want to say I've lost touch with, but just haven't talked to as much as I, I would have liked to recently. And, and they kind of started to see these things pop up and you kind of spam them a couple of times on Facebook and say, hey, here's our Twitter page. And, and some friends that I haven't talked to for a while have said like, hey, where can I listen to it? Or it's been pretty good. And it's, it's nice to hear some of that stuff that's not my mother because my mom <laughs> listens to them and she always tells me, how uh, how exciting it is to listen to them and how she wants to learn how to listen to them in her car so it's just not all on her phone. And it is nice to hear other people say it. So Because uh, moms yeah. have to say that. Yeah, because my mom has to say that. Like She, she likes everything that I do. So uh, it is cool to hear that. So keep them coming. Keep the emails. Keep the tweets coming. Uh, I know Brandon, he does an awesome job of, like, of the live tweets or the, the stuff that I'd never even think about doing. So... Uh, keep them coming. And thanks to our Instagram manager, yeah. Maggie. Mm-hmm. Doing an awesome job. Well. Yep, yep. And for letting us have D Street hey, Studios. Studios <laughs> will live on here. So I guess as we wrap up, it might be the most crucial time for our listeners to get involved with us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, to shoot us ideas of what they want to listen to, suggestions for topics to talk about, like the fictional best teams or the fictional best coaches. What would you guys like us to talk about so that way, you know, we can get more responses from you guys out there. Um, but again, you can follow us at SingSecond on Twitter. Uh, Instagram is SingSecondPod. On Facebook, if you search SingSecondPodcast. Brandon, what's that email address? SingSecondPodcast at gmail.com. Gosh, real simple. Just like the four of us. Yeah, and, and <laughs> here's here's the thing that I need you listeners to do because I thought it would be cool to dedicate. Doesn't have to be these hour and a half, two hour marathons, but an episode to each one of my compadres here. A little rapid fire question, kind of giving a little deep dive into the soul of of the four of us. And and Brandon's a little on the fence. Yeah. He doesn't want to do it. And I'm I think I think you can sit, you can yeah. hear my heart. See, listen. To that. Like, and I think he honestly has the the most intriguing stories and the the best stories. And I make sure we put some pressure on here because we're gonna do it whether he likes it or not. <laughs> Stomach hurts. And, we all want to know the inner workings yeah, of Brandon's brain. Yeah, so like, just when you see him around, be like, "Hey, when's your episode coming yeah, out? We want to know about you." Yeah, and and give us some ideas for some some lightning round questions, some rapid fire questions that we all have to answer. If any of you guys care about any of the answers, shoot us some questions so when we do these shows, uh, we can kind of have some better ideas. It'll be fun. It will be fun. Said from the guy who's feeling queasy. It will be fun. It will be fun. Reading the and teleprompter. And you say, oh, I wasn't supposed to say <laughs> Well, shoot. Other than that, any last words, Danny? One last take? Are we doing, are we doing extra points? These are the extra points. Yeah, I, I, so I'll, I'll make it quick. This idea came from a listener at Dosland, the Wizard of Dos. He actually got it from Faux Pelini, though, and I think it answers the entire debate about how to do the playoffs. So apparently, and you guys might have heard this already, maybe it's old news, but Fopolini says, leave the selection committee in charge of setting up whatever postseason they want. So, so in a given year, year, it could be 12 teams. In oh, a given year, it could be three. In a I, given year, it could be, nope, these are the two best teams. They're playing a three-game series. Like, just have awesome. this, give them full... Um, power to just set up any type of postseason they want. Gosh, so that, that is sweet. a great idea. Thanks, 
uh, at Doslin. Via, it's so, like the Michael Scott, yeah. you miss Andre. Yeah, yeah. So, so what's going to happen when every year they just say, hey, Alabama's the best team, we're going to yeah. give them the national if championship. You can play if Akron. Just might as well do that. Head will explode. If your team name rhymes with Rallarama. <laughs> Then you're the oh oh that's us again wow I'm so surprised I'm so surprised <laughs> that, that's my extra point oh South Alabama jeez but shoot Brennan any last little thoughts yeah well today the old Hall of Fame for NFL opened up and and they increased it to allow more people in with the 100 year anniversary or whatever the NFL and uh, I'm a little disappointed in the Hall of Fame committee uh, Roger Craig still not in there he was Marshall Falk before Marshall Falk was there. And he didn't get fired for sexually harassing people from NFL Network like Marshall Falk did. Whoa. And, you know, and I'm pretty bitter about the whole thing. You don't Shame say. on you, 49er Nation, for not having more of a thing to get him in there. And Husker Nation. He's a great Nebraska Cornhusker. He was great running back. Moved to fullback unselfishly. And seems like a real classy guy. And, and the things he did revolutionized uh, the running back position, receiving and rushing for a thousand yards in the same season that kind of stuff and that's that's garbage for you hall of fame listeners out there french shame on you shame on you all right kyle yeah go ahead and top that yeah uh i'm just gonna have to say uh my extra point is gonna be thanking andy's wife uh my my child was getting a little fussy and so i was trying to keep him entertained and yet still give the listeners all of my uh, insightful words of Full wisdom. <laughs> and uh, she she put her own child down and is now really just taking care of mine. So uh, she's the real MVP. I'll have to make it up to her because uh, I didn't expect her to have to watch my kid doing this. So uh, my extra point goes out to, uh, to Maggie right now. Wow. You're free to go, Kyle. Yeah. Thank you. We all was good too. I guess just to close off, it's been a beautiful beginning. Good first few episodes. We started a little late in the process this college football season, but I think we set up something good for the future. Thanks for listening. Everybody.